Hey friends, it is time for another Incredible Hulk podcast. This time we are talking to Greg from the Free Beer and Hot Wings show. He and I have been friends for a long time. I wanted to get his perspective on radio during the coronavirus. And not only that, because they're in so many markets, what that looks like when you're talking to listeners all over the country who are dealing with this at different times in different ways and what that looks like. And then because he's a sports guy who does a ton of sports broadcasting, we sort of end talking about the state of sports in the United States. It was an absolute blast. I had so much fun as we're continuing to do one of these every single day while we're sheltering in place. And so without further ado, Greg from Free Beer and Hot Wings, this is the Incredible Halt Podcast. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The Incredible Halt Podcast. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. Don't tell television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. The Incredible Hulk. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. Podcast. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. Hear the music. How are you, friend? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I. Uh, you know what? I, I think it's okay. I'm not, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, that's... That's uh, a lot how I feel. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how I am. I, I do. Yeah. Well, I'm and, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's fine has replaced busy, right? Hey, Greg, yeah. how's it going? Man, it is so, it's so busy right now. I'm just, I'm so, <laughs> and now you're just like, I'm fine. Stop asking me. I don't want to tell you about my depression and yeah. anxiety. I will. I, I know. I don't know. I don't have anything going on. I go to work and I come home and I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I don't hate it. That's for sure. So what, what is it like right now? I mean, what is broadcasting like? You know, you've seen, uh, kind of across the spectrum, a lot of companies furloughing some employees that obviously has not touched you guys, thankfully. But what what is it? What's it like being, you know, doing a show every day? What is that? What what do people what's the feedback like? Um, well, the the furloughing has been awful. And sure. it came at a time when um, our our building, um, while we weren't hit directly, we have a lot of uh, friends and coworkers, not just in Grand Rapids, but in other places where we're on where we lost people we've known for a decade that have worked really hard in our industry. And I know you know how that is. It doesn't yes. matter how you treated people or how good the job was. If your number on the spreadsheet's wrong, then you're out, especially if they can have somebody do it from somewhere else. So that's been weird, but it all happened while our building is primarily empty. Where at our home base at Town Square Grand Rapids, there's vir virtually only the morning shows. And at this point, it's only us and then Andy Rent on the river and uh, JoJo on FGR. So there's six on our show, uh, five full-timers and a part-timer. And then there's three other people that you might see in the building at any given time the rest of the day. The dogs continue to do this right over here. They're totally fine. Totally fine. Okay, good. And, Sorry. But so like, you know, you guys are obviously doing, a, you know, an irreverent rock show. I'm wondering, you know, we can, I want to talk about your personal life, obviously, because you and I have been friends for shit nearly 30 years at this point, I think. But, um, <laughs> but like, I'm wondering, you know, what was the, what was the pivot, or has there been one? Are you guys just the the this, the distraction from the noise, yeah. or you know, or have you guys changed it all? At at first, we were um, you couldn't help but talk about coronavirus and COVID nineteen, and unfortunately, it's hard to do that right now without for some people hearing it as a political discussion. Sure. Which it, yeah. that to me is my biggest frustration right now is. When I say that I think, and you know, whatever anyone else thinks, you're welcome to think whatever you want. But one of us is ultimately right, one of us is wrong, and I'd rather be on the 
whoops, well, we overreacted side than the, well, <laughs> right. I sure wish grandpa was alive side. Yes. Um, and so that's been, that's been really hard because when we express that, some people hear it through a filter of we're criticizing uh, one side of the political spectrum or, or another. It's not that. I, I have my own feelings on that. But what I really want to do is be able to have everyone go back to work. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I want to be able to, I want, my parents are coming home from Florida. I want to come see them and give them a hug. And right now I've had to tell them I can't come see you. Yeah. And well, and hang on a second. What, buddy? No problem. Yes. Then you got to go back upstairs. Okay. <laughs> Mine will be here in a minute. Right. I know. Well, this one is <laughs> um, like, he's like a firefly. Anytime I'm doing one of these, he can go from like seven rooms away. He, he could be outside it. at a neighbor's you know, yard and like he knows I'm doing a podcast. It's like, I got a question for you right now. And it's an important. It's like, he's like the world's worst PD where he's like, you're on the air. Let me ask you a question about this promotion we're going to do. He's He's got your hotline. <laughs> Yes, he's, he's, he's hot. As soon you. as I'm on the air, he's hotlining me for sure. <laughs> you see the flash? Oh no, it's happening. <laughs> Mother. Um, from a from a doing the show perspective, the first couple of days, inevitably, we talked about coronavirus, and then I feel like we pivoted away from it more quickly than some other shows. Um, and a lot of that was reading feedback from listeners saying, "Hey, I appreciate that you guys are distracting me from all of this." in my life if for the people that were still going to work or the people that were worried for someone. Sure. And then um, we've talked about how it's affected us, um, you know, just when it comes to the normal everyday things like trying to get groceries, but also um, sharing the connection with listeners. We had a listener um, in Albany who wrote us one day and said, hey, my mom, it was the first instance where someone we knew through the radio show, but yeah, still yeah. someone... Yep that we, um, their name is saved in the text machine. They text enough that we knew what region they were calling from and that their name was Chris. And he said, uh, uh, yeah, my mom was just diagnosed and uh, wondered if you guys could give a shout out. We have a strict no shout out policy, but for in special times, we'll obviously. Sure. And so we yeah. did a shout out and we just said, you know what? Every, you're, you're kind of the first person in this whole sphere of the Free Bear and Hot Wings family, which sounds a little cliche. Um, this is a Tuesday or Wednesday morning. And um, we said, but everybody here is rooting for your mom and, and we're really thinking of you. And so then that was Tuesday. So Wednesday morning, 24 hours later, he sends a text at 7 a.m. that says, hey, I played that for my mom and she got a real kick out of it. And she talked about what gentleman and a gentle lady you all are. And he said he laughed because he's like, well, not really. But, right. Um, and then she said, well, maybe I should listen to them more. I'd probably like them. And he said she listened for about a half hour and said, I know why I don't listen to them. <laughs> uh, they're probably talking about vaginas or right. something yeah. later. Um, but an hour after he sent that text and we read it on the air, he texted again and said, I just found out, I just got a call at work from my mom or from um, the nurses. My mom can't breathe and they're going to intubate her and she's going to the um, ICU and she never came out. She, that Friday morning then, two days after the text of her laughing with him and him saying, hey, thanks for the smile, um, he texted and he was at an all-night diner waiting for his brother to drive up so they could sign funeral arrangement paperwork. And that really, I mean, that wow. was such a kick in the stomach. His mom didn't have pre-existing conditions and it, we were taking it seriously before that. But just as a, as a human, that really kicked me. But then he also said, hey, I appreciate the distraction. I don't want to tune in and hear about that. And it's not really what we're good at. I'm not a news guy. I'm not, 
I'm just smart enough to say things that are dumb, <laughs> uh, you know, and we try to recognize that. So, um, you know, we're hardly first responders of the people that keep the groceries there, but I do, I do feel some sense of duty to keep going in and, um, try to distract people for a few hours a day. I mean, again, it's nothing compared to what actual people are doing. Give the medal to the Costco worker who makes sure I have toilet paper. Yeah, no, no doubt. But, I, you know, I've obviously been thinking about you this entire time because I can't help but reminisce uh, and not necessarily in, in the world's best way. But but this feels very much like an elongated 9-11, right? As broadcasters, yeah. Agreed. Now, you, know, I, yeah. you know, as broadcasters, you had to make that decision at some point during the day or the day after is what what are we going to do you know are, yeah, are we what does tomorrow look like you know are we doing fart and vagina jokes tomorrow or what like what <laughs> what thing are we going to do and yeah you know yeah this you are not a first responder and I, I don't mean to make a comparison at all but that distraction is important and one of the things that you and I talk about often when we're not doing a podcast is the importance of local media to connect communities. And what's interesting about you guys is you're in what, 44 markets or something yeah, like that. Some, about that. Give so, or take a firing while we've been on the phone. So, <laughs> right. But I mean, <laughs> you've got a You've got a, you know, an imprint in most of the country. And so you've yeah. got this interesting pulse that most broadcasters don't have. And what's been fascinating about the way you guys constructed your business model is you go and do local shows year round in all 44 43 the longer i talk that you right like um <laughs> you, you do you do shows in all these markets so you do have people that can make that connection that is so powerful yeah. about radio which is why i you know i wanted to spend some time talking to you about what what do you think is going on and how is this working and and how are you guys feeling and i guess more importantly when you have sick people on the show who are you know, for those who don't know you, you're, you're a little bit of a, a germaphobe OCD sort of, you know, cat, right? Like, what, yeah. you know, how do you manage a show of six people who come back with who knows what day in and day out and have to be in the studio? You know, what is that? What's yeah. that like? Um, that was one of the things we talked about because we've made plans to be able to broadcast from home. Obviously, if one of us does get sick, uh, um, that's a scary thing for that person's family or my family, everybody else. But also that means everybody else has been exposed and you got to really hunker down. So we have the plan, but ultimately we all like being able to see each other. And frankly, it's a little bit of an escapism selfishly for sure. all of us. Um, but also we work with five people that really take it seriously. Like the idea that I know that no one's, they're not the ones that are going to a barbecue or playing pickup basketball as much as I would love to be doing that yeah, right, right now. Right, right. I have time again. Um, but they're all taking it seriously. We have one person whose significant other might play a little fast and loose, but there's some good, been get some good uh, group shaming and peer pressure to <laughs> to do that. So or we've kind of we've had very open discussions about look this uh, us trying to get through this still coming into the studio for whatever level of importance that has. Um, it's only as good as I mean this is the old cliche, but as the weakest link in the chain. Yep. You know, all it takes is one person to feel the need to go do whatever and everybody might be sick. It's crazy. So that's been the big thing. So, uh, you know, I think everybody's, uh, the good thing is the other ones are all paranoid too. <laughs> or appropriately cautious. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it depends on, to, to, to your point 15 minutes ago, depends on where yeah. we are politically, right? Like, yes. Uh, yep. So <laughs> let's talk about your, um, your kind of consumption and prep for the show, because the, the thing that has been coming back again and again, as I've, as I've been doing these, for now 16 days 16 days um is the difficulty by which 
even people in media with years and years of experience can figure out what the actual story is. Right. Uh You know, yeah. What is what is a team of six? How are you able to manage that? So even when you're writing jokes about whatever the news of the day is, how are you guys kind of consuming that? And what tips can you give people who are like, I don't know what's going on. How do I figure this out? Am yeah, I, you know, um, am I am I wearing a mask? Am I not wearing a mask? Am I wearing gloves? How many gloves? Right, like what? <laughs> right. Um, for us, one of the things that I guess freed us up a long time ago, and I don't know when we made the decision, was like maybe it's with a certain age. You know, when you're young in your twenties, you think you're really smart, and in your thirties, you're still pretty sure you're pretty smart. And now I'm in, in my mid forties, I've learned I was never smart, and I might still be dumber than I think. And so. Once we sort of lost that ego, we all became, to one degree or another, more willing to say on the air. And, and it's easier to do this when we've had a little bit of success. You don't have to be as fearful of everything being taken away as radio tends to breed. But um, we'll say, hey, I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw this story. And then with six other people or five other people that are mainly on the mic, or four other plus me, you get somebody else who goes, yeah, well, I read this and this. And between the five of us, there's enough diversity that we can at least cover all the sides and agree on something or disagree on something. Um, the harder part for prep is, you know, you know how radio is. It's a, everybody uses the same prep services, all yeah. the same news stories. And even now, all the same websites, it's the same one. Everybody in radio goes to Reddit and they used to go to Dig and Fark, right. and, uh, which all sound like swear words in a Batman <laughs> film like in the 60s. Yes. Um, but um, it's because all, uh, si- all those sites are owned by Adam West. That's why they're named. Like that, so. <laughs> right. And they all um, they all aggregate the same way with the same, you know, 10 users or whatever. So everybody sees the same things. And once the news cycle became all about coronavirus and then at the beginning mixed in with still an election cycle, it, it was like turning off the oxygen from a show that talks about pop culture and life and things like that. And so we really kind of turned inward and um, the shows are much less planned. Um, but in a lot, a lot of ways, a lot more fun. But in um, this, I mean, it's, uh, you know, this is hardly a complaint, but we've all said, and maybe it's just the world you're living in the rest of the day. We're all way more exhausted. I, yeah, I get it. It's yeah. a five hour radio show. We're not digging ditches. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not a nurse. Um, but uh, so I feel it that way. Um, but it's in a way, the reaction from people made, makes me think that maybe we were a little too planned. And a little too, which if you've heard our show, you're like, how could it possibly have been too planned? It was a pile of shit stirred quickly. <laughs> but um, but uh, uh, I can swear it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't but, care. You know, uh, but um, but yeah, we're less planned. Um, less A than B than C happens. And in a way, we've all enjoyed it more. It, from that perspective, not I'd like to have the world be normal again, but, but I don't yeah, know what's and, normal. And, you know, and I also wonder... I had had a conversation uh, with a friend of mine who's a professor at Western Michigan. And when we were done with the podcast, because I think we were both nervous about talking about this, um, but I've tested it enough that I feel like you and I could have a conversation about this, okay. about humor right now. And one of the things that he and I were talking about is the amount of times that we right now, when we normally would not, are gut checking the things we're putting out there and thinking, well, is is this funny? Is this going to strike somebody the wrong way? How does this, what are the optics of this? Because while it's not necessarily unprecedented in its full measure, it's unprecedented yeah. in the speed and the volume, right? But but a, a global event yeah. has happened before. It yeah. feels like the extent of it and, and the 
the fact that you don't know how this ends makes it so it's harder to be funny. And I wonder as a guy who makes a living being funny, you know, how, how that has affected you guys in the rest of the show, you know, because that is Um, the show. The show is different versions of funny coming together to make that shit stew that you referred to (laughs) your words, not mine. Uh, No, it's, it's true. A lot of attempts to be funny, whether they're funny or not. Again, uh, uh, I uh, I think I was more worried about that than than some of my teammates and whether they were right because they just didn't care what people's reaction were or they were just logically on the spot. Um, I had said, hey, how uh, probably two weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe the the first couple of days after the state of Michigan said no more school when this all started to feel right. um, no more much school. more no well, more when they when it was uh, no more school for a while. Uh, four weeks off. That's when everything started. To, okay, this is real. We're going to get a shelter in place next week, that kind of stuff. And I kept saying, well, just I keep waiting to check the text messages or open the email and see emails from a programmer or an operations manager or an owner in another city or, or here saying, um, hey, what are you guys doing? You're not respecting the moment. But I, I guess because we do talk about it earnestly, we talk when it touches us, we talked about Chris gave us permission, the guy I mentioned in Albany to share that story. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we've talked about that. We've, t- we, you know, I guess because it's enough of a mix, the people that listen are okay with it. The thing I was worried about, um, we're doing one again this Friday and, and we did um, a couple Fridays ago, we did a Facebook live at night show from the studio and it's no holds bar, just like we would in a stage show. And yes. we said, this is going to be rated R, maybe a little more, um, we're not going to show nudity or anything, but it's not for kids, obviously, unless you're a bad parent. Um, and we did that. And I thought, OK, well, this might be too much. I mean, the first thing we did was movie title porno games, which is a really gross, sophomoric, <laughs> vile thing. And um, I kept waiting for people to say, hey, is this really appropriate right now? And we haven't heard it. So either we are getting it right or we've driven off everyone with a lick of common sense. I'm not sure which it is. I hope it's the first one. I, I, and I am sure it's the former and not the latter. My question is because that gallows humor is important right now. And I, I wonder how many people are couching that uh, in a professional sense, not so that they don't end up getting caught up in some sort of political tribalism or, or whatever. Yeah. And I wonder if your show, given what its construct is, allows you to do movie title uh, porno games on Facebook live, you know, I think we're, I think we're blessed in that because of where we are. Cause I'm seeing people share like other radio friends and stuff. They'll share, Hey, we got this memo of, um, um, they're just not allowed to be real. That's the one blessing yeah. we have is I can yeah. express my real feelings. <laughs> Um, and having, be responsible for you're, them. You're going to have to give me a moment. I'm having some PS, PTSD from just you <laughs> saying that sentence because I already know what that memo says. Like, yeah. Um, we got one, and I won't name any companies or anything, but there's a message board. It's like social media for radio people called Studio Think Tank. For everybody else, it's radio people sharing radio ideas and their experiences. It's a, real, it's a great community. And so people will come there and go, hey, I just got this memo from the VP of Programming one was, we're not allowed to talk about coronavirus. We're only to- allowed to talk about the music. And I'm like, well, what is the point of you being there? I didn't say that to them, but that's my own personal feeling. Yeah. And then um, there are other shows where they're only allowed to talk about coronavirus things. And I think that's a <laughs> terrible service to the listeners because you're asking like a morning show that's named like Puff and Natty or something to be coronavirus people now. That's a made up show. It's as dumb of a name as ours. But I'm bullshit. That's a bullshit. That's a made up show. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) But uh, that's not what they're good at. That's not why you hired them to be news guys and talk about it from a serious perspective. What do you, and you're asking them to turn their back on anyone who listens to them. And then the one that's most egregious to me in a major market, your hometown, um, a friend of a friend in radio, like I've met this person a few times at boot camp, but they worked with someone from our show. They have coronavirus and they're not allowed to talk about, they weren't allowed to talk oh about getting symptoms God. on the air on a, on a talk show. They weren't allowed to get symptoms on the air, address wow. why they were gone or talk about having had it when they came back. What, what are you doing? That is a, yeah. first of all, it's real and real is what ultimately wins in radio. You it know, wins some, in, dude, it wins in everything. It's the only thing yeah. that wins right now. Authenticity is real. You've got someone in the demographic. This person is in the demographic, the listeners that this radio sure. station desires for those who don't want to get bored by it. And everybody knows that word. What am I doing? Um, but um, they wouldn't let her talk about it. Her. Um, there, we've narrowed it down to half the population. But um, it, it just confounds me. Like what? And they said it's too dangerous for the company because of fear of litigation from anyone else who might work in the building. And I thought, well, if that's your fear, no one should be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. if that's your fear, they shouldn't come back. They should you be in their home. endanger yeah. them and then not tell them. Right. That's worse. Right. You should be sued for this. But it's not my story to tell, but someday I'm sure it will be. Oh, man. Well, yeah. I, it's not my story to tell with more details than, yeah, than with that. The, yes. Probably, it, I just did in that case. But um, yeah, those stories are up. We've got probably a, an hour's worth of stories from other radio shows that we've sat in the studio during commercial breaks and said, I wish we could talk about this on the air without putting, putting that person in sure, jeopardy. Putting them in jeopardy, in yeah. Jeopardy. Yeah. who has to play Justin Bieber every 15 minutes because that was right. Cause the M score said that people really like the Biebs right now. Right. And the question of- was phrased, would you rather hear your favorite song or somebody going blah, blah, blah. Right. right. The question was, <laughs> would you rather hear Justin Bieber or be punched in the nuts? Turns out all the <laughs> listeners want to his- hear Justin Bieber. So I we're, guess playing, I'll take the Biebs. we're playing Justin Bieber 112 times a week. Hope you like it. <laughs> yeah. Traffic and weather together on the ones, even though no one's oh. in a car. It's brutal. <laughs> oh yeah. Traffic. We're still doing traffic now. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. We're, I mean, you shouldn't be listening to us for traffic anyway, but sometimes no. it matters. My favorite um, thing, and you and I joke about this, but my favorite thing is like some of these conglomerates still do traffic and the traffic is brought to you by Waze. It's like, what? <laughs> I know it, right? So lately our studio looks out onto a, a road that's not busy on a regular day, but when the whole state shut down onto Ottawa Avenue, north towards Monroe Center. And so we've just been updating for traffic because other than that, it's just construction. Yeah. And that hasn't changed because most things are shut down. So we're like, well, there's one car on Ottawa and it's turning right. <laughs> they might be drinking. I can't tell. Don't pull them over. Yeah. Everyone's fine. So it's stupid, but it passes the 40 seconds I need to fill before the network. Comes before out. you hit the network. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, Greg, how are you doing? How is this for you? You've got kids, you've got a family, and I, I'm sure you're similar to me in that that part of it has been hard to manage mentally you know it yeah i absolutely agree and um i i feel pretty comfortable in saying that um, my wife and i uh, first of all my my wife is a saint um and i've been really somebody wrote this and said hey has anybody thought about how proud you are of your kids for the way they've handled this and i thought 
I don't know that I had because you live the hour to hour battle of I'm bored or why can I have a, sn have a snack? All those little sort of death by a thousand cuts yes, things that yes. every parent deals with yes. um, that someday we'll all wish to have again. But right now I don't. Um, but um, uh, but overall, my my kids have been amazing. They've you know, I have an eight year old and twins that are about to turn five, all boys. And for the most part, they're OK with not being able to play with kids that live right next door that are doing very fun things in their backyard that they can't do. Um, and it was hard at first. Uh, at the same time, as dad and as guy that goes to work, which is kind of two different things a lot of the times, uh, I'm definitely having days where I, it's a bad day, where I, where I wake up feeling kind of low and can't shake it. Yeah. And I know my wife has had the same thing. And I think it was last week I said to everybody on the show, I go, hey, just I hope it, I haven't been poisoning the water in here, so to speak, or the air. But I've just been having... Like I feel overwhelmed. I have a, uh, you know, and I'm someone who's on a very low grade uh, knockoff Zoloft that insurance will cover. So I take that. So I don't have a pit in my stomach after I read Twitter or I just don't read Twitter anymore. But, <laughs> yes. um, I, you know, uh, lately I wake up and I'm like, why do I feel heavy? Yeah, and it's not just the two pizzas or whatever. You know, yeah, no, and, real deal. And I was saying the same thing last week. Mine was last Tuesday was the day I had where I got up and went, not 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 today. I think I'll see you guys on Wednesday because I don't yeah. I don't want to do today. Uh, and that yeah, I mean, I totally feel you. That's not um, that's not me at all. So it was interesting to kind of get through half the day and and trying to go. Okay, I'm not I'm not the guy who gets up and goes, well, this is a terrible day. Let's crawl back under the sheets. I don't. I'm not that <laughs> right. guy. Um. So, yeah, but I, I think it's it, it is a lot to carry and it's a lot to carry when you're trying to work and you're trying to I mean, if I'm being honest, like I've given up I, the kids have stuff for homeschooling. But at this point, I'm like, look, man, you know, <laughs> my job is to keep the lights on and that's what I'm going to do. So we're going to yeah, keep the lights that's... on as long as humanly possible. They both right now speak English, which is awesome. Um, they haven't, you know, they're not banging rocks together and like communicating with sticks and cave <laughs> right. paintings. So right. I think that's OK. My I think it's a win. My four-year-old is some sort of esports genius because he's beaten three games on the Xbox already. So, like, I'm just going. <laughs> I mean, ESPN is looking for content. I've got a four-year-old that can beat a Lego game, right. so maybe you know. Right, and then after that, we'll call some marble racing. Yes, That's exactly. We'll just know. dial uh, up some. Yeah. Uh, my parent, my wife talked me into a trampoline that I had been a hard no on. So Sunday we built a trampoline, and nice. now everybody in my family thinks I'm great, even though I was. They don't know I was the reason it, well, no, they do know my wife told them that I, I'm the reason they didn't have it last year. Uh, but uh, we've definitely taking more latitudes with, Hey, we're going to allow you um, more electronics time or whatever um, within trying to be within reason, but you're right. I mean, well, uh, and do you think, uh, do you think that, cause you, you do a lot of things like during regular time, I marvel at, you're always reading three books and, and watching good shows. And also you find time for friends and, and you learn these, none of these things. I barely find time for my family. <laughs> I like to work and, and then play basketball. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, and I, I work a lot, but it's not, I'm not getting enriched by it. Um, I I'm happy, but, um, and I always feel like I'm fairly motivated. And, and I wonder if you've had this too. Um, since this is when I feel those weighted days and even the days where I feel good, I am not motivated. Like I have more time than ever. I'm enjoying tinkering on a few projects around the home, but the idea of getting way ahead or starting something new, like a work project or whatever, I'm putting off emails that I could answer in 30 seconds because I don't feel like it. 
And then I, I kick my own ass later. Like, well, what is wrong with you? When yeah. did I become that guy? Yeah, you know? uh, I feel that. And I feel that mostly in the joke you just told. I've read two, count them, two pages of a book in 25 days. Like, really? Where normally okay, well, that I, makes me feel normally a I would have read 10 books. You know, if somebody said you've got a month to just hang out and do it. I have read two literal pages. Wow. And just, OK, well, that makes me feel better. Well, not not for, that you're not growing, but that we're tied. Well, it, it, it's just <laughs> Greg. It's just I don't feel like it doesn't feel like something I want to do. And which yeah. ha, this this whole thing has been, quite honestly, the thing that keeps me going is the act of having to get up and go, OK, for 30 minutes, I'm going to talk to all of my friends and mm-hmm. I don't I'm not really prepping I'm not looking mm-hmm. at what they're doing in social because I don't I'm not doing an interview I'm just checking in and seeing how they're doing and what's happening yeah. in their industry and so forth and that for me has been the thing that keeps me at least at some sort of baseline because I'm yeah. with you I it, you very easily could just go I don't want to do anything but the problem yeah. with that as you and I both <laughs> know is we're in similar situations where you are sort of the head of your beast on your show. And if you give up, the rest of it gives up. Right. And there's people around me that if, if I show that I'm like wearing thin or whatever, there's a cascading effect. So that's, that's not a thing that can happen. Uh, so we, you have to sort of hack at it. And to me, it's been hacking at the fact that if it's a chore to read, and I've always said this, I've said this about books I pick up that suck. If it's a chore to read, I don't do it. And so if I'm not feeling it, I'm just moving on to something else that I am feeling. And this has been enriching for me because I get this perspective I wouldn't get otherwise. And quite honestly, you and I in, in reality, outside of texting, and I've said this joke a couple of times in this podcast because this is just how fast our lives run in opposite directions. You yeah. and I see each other in person once every 12 months. <laughs> That's true. You know, we I, check in on each other. We check. No, no, no. We, I would say yeah. we are very close friends who rarely get, you know, rarely do the two trains yeah. end up in the same station at that moment. Yeah. But when they do, yeah. it's we're together as couples for four hours yeah. and it's great. And we talk about how much we miss each other. But you're finding in this time that this stuff becomes way more important. And well, yeah. And to that point, um, like uh, Steve, our producer on our show, he did a zoom with his um, sister and his brother and his mom on Saturday night. And his brother, I live, uh, lives in Pennsylvania near New Jersey. His sister lives in New Jersey is none of them are necessarily by each other. And then obviously Steve lives in Michigan and he's like, I don't know why we've never done this before. Yeah. And so, there are some positives. Like I travel normally 30 weekends a year and this has hit during what is normally a busy spring travel season. Um, and, uh, my wife the other night said, do you miss it? Are you tired of us? And I go, no, I'm, I, I don't hate doing it. It's, there is some, something I get out of it. I don't get me wrong. I like to get home and see my family and, and I always kind of hesitate to book another trip or whatever. Yeah. At the same time, um, you know, so I don't hate it. I like it on some level, but I am, perfectly content to know that I'm going to be home Friday and Saturday. And it, I wonder how it's going to feel when I'm not, you know, yeah, like when I think about the fall football season, when I'm typically gone Friday through Sunday, every weekend from Labor Day to the week after Christmas or week uh, before Christmas. Uh, I don't know. That doesn't sound good right now. Yeah. But. Well, and, and I've said this often that the weekends, to be honest, have been the best part of this because we have no place to go and nothing to do. So it's just <laughs> yeah. saturated family time, whatever that looks like. If it's yeah. them reading a book or playing a game or whatever, it's saturated time. Let's uh, let me ask you a quick question about sports. What is what do you are you hearing anything that we're not seeing in in 
in the public about what this looks like. And because my, my gut tells me we're not doing anything with human beings in 60,000 seat arenas until there's a vaccine is what my gut tells me, but I don't know if that's true or not. And I'm not, I'm not here to answer the question. No, I I don't think I know anything that I'm not reading in the athletic or on Twitter or whatever, but I saw a point from uh, Golick and Wingo, the ESPN morning show on Twitter this morning. I assume they were talking about baseball's potential plan of having everybody go to Phoenix play games in empty stadiums for three, four months. And they said, you know, let's, a lot of those guys have young kids. Would you leave your young kids to go live in tight quarters with all of those people for four months? I mean, they already travel a ton. Would yeah. you just, I mean, they're not soldiers fighting for our country no, and are doing a tour of duty. You, and most of them are financially Right. stable enough to go right why don't i sit this one out yeah you know i don't yeah. know that i would want to and i would say two things on that point the horse shit that the ufc is doing next weekend i think is i was gonna ask you about that you know, I, I mean i just i can't even i can't even muster up the anger that i feel for them doing that could you imagine i mean outside of the enter the dragon jokes that are obvious to this that you're sending <laughs> right. martial artists to a mystery island to fight for a championship Forget the baseball players. Could you imagine, you know, you're the, the company that does your whole network, calls you mm-hmm. up and goes, hey, Greg, uh, you and the whole show, uh, we need you to go to an island. I'm not going to tell you where. You're just going to get on a plane. <laughs> and then we're going to fly you to the plane. You're going to do the show. Uh, and then I can't tell you how many people are going to be there as far as crew to create this atmosphere that you're going to do this show. And then you're going to get back on, on your plane and you're going to go home. But I can't tell you when that is because I also can't tell you where we're going. Sound right. awesome? You, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Who would go? I mean, and, really? and do we do we need it? I mean, I watched WrestleMania this weekend and it was a fun diversion. And yeah. thankfully for them, it was recorded, whatever, 20 days before this. So yeah. it wasn't quite in the, the hot spot. But this is this yeah. is different. I just read a story on The uh, Athletic right before I talked to you about a MMA journalist telling a story of when a fighter's tongue, part of their tongue landed on his shorts and he had to capture him and like give it back to the guy so they could sew it back on. <laughs> okay, but I tell that story, one, because it's sort of gross, but two, this yeah. isn't, you know, this isn't a pre-scripted athletic event with two superior athletes doing gymnastics with a fighting yes. storyline behind it. These are two yeah. men, two women, you know, I don't even know how many are on the card because they haven't released it yet. But if it's only five fights, it's 10 people that are going to punch each other in the face, sweat all over one another, bleed all over one another. So if you're worried about going to Meyer and having a face mask on, what is this? (laughs) Right. Plus, I assume, have people in the corners, doctors, judges, announcers. They're going to limit that. But the thing that they're not talking about, and this is what I was talking about a couple days ago, you know this because you travel and do these sorts of things all the time. How many crew members does it take to set up an octagon and cameras and microphones and speakers and lights and all those things? It doesn't take two people. It's like 100 people to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, we always laugh because when we go do national radio for a college football game, our crew is four that travel and then two hired locally. And then you'll see the ESPN uh, buffet and it's 160 people. Yeah. Plus, you know, plus everyone else that's already at the stadium week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And obviously they can trim that down if they have to. And football, the, the elements of broadcasting and televising a football game are a little different than UFC where it's but nonetheless, you're absolutely right. It'd be a hundred people at least. Yeah, at a crazy mystery island with Bruce Lee fighting for you know. Right. I was I was telling the other people on the show about because I had been following that, and we weren't necessarily going to talk about it on the air, though we, we may end up now. 
but I was I was telling them about the mystery island and <laughs> and um, I forget who it was. It might have been Kelly, who, who is generally a person who's up for an adventure. She just goes, what the fuck is he doing that for? Yeah, <laughs> Referring well, to Dana White. And I go, I don't have a legitimate answer for that because it's not like he's broke. No, and yeah. he will tell you that he's doing it so he can feed the fighters. But at what cost? He you could know? afford to feed the fighters. Sure, he could. He absolutely, yeah, <laughs> you know, he could afford to without feed the- making them risk their lives. And I mean, that's then, the part that's weird. And then from a sports aspect, this was supposed to be one of the biggest fights in mixed martial arts history between Khabib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson. Well, now that's not happening because Khabib went to Russia and can't leave. <laughs> right. So now this poor guy is going to have to fight another person. Yeah. With higher stakes on because if he loses, then he never gets that fight. So from a right. storyline perspective, it's dumb from the jump off and then yeah. you add a mystery island and all the things that you put in there that make it equally dumb and I, I don't understand it I don't know I don't know that we're that desperate for it I don't feel I feel like we miss it but I feel like there's some there's some nostalgia for it I think back to go back to talking about 9-11 you and I both said this uh, separately and then together that the day we started playing baseball yeah or football after 9-11 was the day things felt like we were doing normal again. Yes. That um, was a, it was special. Yeah. You know? So that to me is is kind of, it's not that I want to do it now to do it in some ad hoc, shitty Mystery Island way. I want to do it <laughs> when we all can get together and eat a hot dog and feel yeah. like we've gotten through some shit. As yeah, opposed I don't to, want the island of misfit plans. Yeah, exactly. No. Right, where there's a narwhal fighting Buddy the Elf. <laughs> and like none of I don't want any of that stuff. I, I might watch that. $69.99 next weekend. You yeah, can totally, right? I'm sure that's one of the opportunities that will happen. Yeah, right. Uh, one oh. last question for you about sports, and then I'll let you go. I've got this interesting theory, and I want your your take on it. With all of these things that normally would be for the super fans, so think mm-hmm. the NFL draft on that that yeah. topic of like a hunger for sports. Do you think that there'll be on the outside of this people coming into parts of sports that they haven't come into before that will change the way they consume it afterwards? So you're you're putting this on virtually. There are no other sports to watch. You you can dive into the draft that might make more sense virtually than somebody who's watching it on TV and doesn't understand all the moving parts. I don't, I, for me personally, like I enjoy the UFC and I, before we had kids, I used to watch a lot of it. I watched um, the ultimate fighter and I would try, I would get pay-per-views once in a while. And then once we had kids and I started traveling more, I, I just don't watch anymore. So the storylines, sure. I need a storyline. I can't just turn it on and root for two guys. I don't know enough about technique to be able to understand yep. the, the conflict of styles and everything else. I enjoy it when I watch it, but it's, now that said, I miss sports, but not enough that I would consider buying this pay-per-view, even if it was the the great fights that it was promised to be. I just don't miss it that much. So I'm not going to go somewhere else. I I might be more inclined to turn on the NBA 2K battle that's going on right now than I would yeah, for a normal sports match, and, but not really. So, I mean, so the even, end, yeah. rather, there's too much of other stuff. Yeah. I can watch Better Call Saul or yeah. um, the disappointing eighth season of Homeland or whatever. <laughs> I just I, I'm wondering how this consumption specific to even esports as the as esports shows up and they're they're doing Call of Duty virtual tournaments and these sorts of things start to bubble up to fill in the 24 hour yeah. void left on ESPN. I wonder maybe the draft is a wrong example, but to your point of of you know NBA 2K tournaments, will people will this be maybe that's a better question? Will this be that tipping point into esports where people are filling their their bucket by watching a Madden tournament instead of the NFL or an MLB tournament instead of baseball. Cause there isn't any right now. 
there's more oxygen for the other fires right now. It's yeah. not all snuffed out by, you know, normally this would be NBA playoffs and we'd be in the middle of NFL free agency and cruising towards the draft. Well, we did those two anyway. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you're right now. I mean, ESPN is playing esports on TV yeah. and well, what, showing I mean, the 2K what, results what and marble they, racing what and choice everything do they have? else. But you know what? You talked about the comfort level of it. Right before we, we called, um, I grew up a Tiger fan. Um, and so I never watched Al Kaline play a game in his life, but he was the TV broadcaster yep. my whole life. And he was Mr. Tiger my whole life. And uh, um, I was watching a game that a radio, a guy you know, Tony Travato, a yep. radio guy, had posted on Facebook from 1985 with George Kell and Al Kaline calling a game between the 85 Tigers and the Yankees. And I don't remember that game. I'm sure if I watched it, because I was watching every game I could then, I'd probably have some memory of it. They were very good then, um, the Tigers were. Um, but just listening to it, I didn't know the words, but it felt like a song I had heard a million times in my life. And that provided me comfort. Watching a baseball game that was live today, I would have never done it. Yeah. So I don't know what that means, but man, that was like a hug from, <laughs> from my grandparents watching that. So that was great. That's awesome. <laughs> Greg, if people want to hook up with you online, uh, where's the best way to do it and how do they do that? They can follow me. I'm a boring follow on Twitter, mostly retweets at free beer, Greg, uh, on Twitter. Um, uh, that's about it. Always, I, the, always the consummate salesman. That's what I love about you. <laughs> always, always selling. Yeah. You know, if you find it, you find it. It's a big world. My if friend, you Google me, it comes up with a, a probably me shirtless in my underwear or something. So don't do that. That's delightful. Thank you for the visual as we roll out of this thing. My friend, it was it was terrible awesome, ending. Awesome to talk to you. I, I'm glad <laughs> that you guys are doing well, and um, I cannot wait until you and I can uh, drink in person as opposed I'll to. I'll see you just before Christmas. Yes, <laughs> that's when okay. that, apparently that's when Whitmer's saying we can get out of our houses. Is right, yeah. and, and I, that was when uh, your family and mine we crashed together for a. Like two weeks in a row. And then we, I was like, see you in the winter. We did. We'll see you next year, everybody. <laughs> I love it. Great to see you. This was a blast. You too, buddy. Take care. All right. I'll see you. Bye. Bye.